Welcome back to our third episode of Psychotherapy from the Grassroots. And again, we'd like to thank everybody that gave feedback to us um, over the last week and the very complimentary comments that were made. Uh, we're so happy that you're getting something positive from them. In this podcast, we would like to answer some of your questions that were requested. And we've decided to recap a little bit because some of the questions that were asked um, were actually answered. So I'm going to just recap a little bit to cover some of those questions. Inner child work, what is it and can anyone benefit from it? As we said in our previous podcast, we were all children at some point in time. And that child did not just disappear from our life when we became adults nor was it replaced by a fully responsible, perfectly formed adult. Actually, most of us still behave like we did when we were children, like taking a temper tantrum over getting a parking fine, or rush into a sense of abandonment when our partner is going off to spend a few days or a weekend with friends. We might to the outside world look very like we are well-contained adults, very responsible, very mature, when in actual fact, we're probably the fearful or angry five-year-old child. So how does this happen? Of course, the simple answer is when we were kids, but it's when children don't feel safe or secure. When they get a sense of fear beyond what the age of the child can handle or understand. Feeling safe and secure doesn't just mean from a physical point of view, but also from an emotional, psychological and spiritual. When the child feels safe and secure, it means that all our emotional and physical needs are being met and respected. It's when the true self is accepted and encouraged to grow and to change as ourselves. However, that's not always the reality. And in a lot of cases, it isn't ideal. Because the families that we're born into, they have their own baggage and defects. And it is important to remember that our families did the best that they could with how they were brought up and with the knowledge that they had at that moment in time. And I'm going to give you um, uh, just a few of the many, many ways that have allowed us to feel unsafe. We've all heard the um, phrase, children should be seen and not heard. Or you would be told off for trying to speak up or act differently. You weren't allowed to be yourself or spontaneous. You were discouraged from showing emotions like anger or even joy. You may have even been shamed by your significant adult or parent. You might even have been criticised on a regular basis and been told that you're not good enough. You may have been physically abused or punished. You might have been made to feel responsible beyond what your age was capable of handling. You may not have been comforted by a hug or a kiss or even a cuddle. Now, let's take a look at just the emotional side of things. 
So maybe your parents or your significant adult in your life didn't or wasn't capable of showing interest in your emotional needs, such as the need for love, support, protection or even guidance. They may have been distant from you emotionally and even condemned your own emotions for those needs. So what happened from all this? Well, well, you may very well have developed a low self-worth or value. You may even have begun to ignore your own emotional needs and learnt to hide them or avoid them or even repress them. You may have developed psychological or even physical illnesses which come from your inability to have listened to or accepted your own emotions in a healthy way. Which does lead us on to looking at the psychological dimension. Because of your parents or the significant adult in your life failing to listen or to encourage you as you were growing up, you could likely have developed any of the number of the following list. Again, low self-esteem from put-downs, overly high expectations, being ignored or rejected. You may have developed a deep anger from an inability to love yourself. You may have started an addiction that helps a misguided sense of comfort and safety within yourself. You may have a problem with maintaining healthy relationships. Or you may have developed physical and psychological illnesses or syndromes. In this last one, it leads us on to the world of the physical neglect. And physical safety and nourishment are the basic levels we need to sustain life. But they are also at the core of any loving relationship. We can see this in, in nature itself, where animals will physically protect their offspring and do everything in their power to nourish them. However, when these elements are in any way lacking in us, we can develop any of the following issues. And here are just a few. Again, low self-esteem, which can be seen in the neglect of ourselves, as seen in issues such as eating disorders, an unhealthy diet, self-harm. They can be seen in intense safety-seeking behaviour, like OCD or extreme risk-taking, like unprotected sex or daredevil, you know, addictions of every sort, even to sexual dysfunction or promiscuity. And this is often due to being having been sexually abused. Now, we could go on and on and on, and we could say that the present issues are, are because of my parents or the significant adult. But blaming and grudge holding will not help. It actually makes us worse. We have to remember that our parent or significant adult were a product of their own upbringing, regardless of what that was. I'm not saying that there is no blame and that you need judgment or whatever. What I'm saying is that if that is our only basis, then we'll get nowhere. If we only blame somebody else, we will not look at ourselves. And we're talking about looking at ourselves, looking at that part of us that was hurt, not looking at anybody else. 
or their motives or their reasoning. One of the questions that um, was sent in to us was, so how do I know I have a wounded inner child? Well, there are many ways to discover that. You can even go on the internet and get questionnaires to help you. But here's just a few just to get you going, just to get you started. They're almost like uh, statements I would say to myself. So just think about them. In the very depths of myself, I feel that there is something wrong with me. When I think of doing something new, I get anxious. I have a habit of hoarding things and have trouble letting go. I almost feel guilty for standing up for myself or my opinions. I criticise myself so much. I'm a perfectionist. I can't seem to finish things, but I can work out how to do something in great detail. I don't often get angry, and when I do, I get annoyed with myself. I'm ashamed of my body and its functions. I don't trust too many people and I don't make friends easily. I avoid conflict at any cost. I was never very close to my parents, either one of them. I'm afraid of being left alone. I'll do anything to hold on to a relationship. And I can't say no. Now, if you can find yourself agreeing to any one of them or more, then I can safely say that you have an inner child. Now, we make decisions as a child at an unconscious level about how we should be in the eyes of others. And we carry these decisions into our teenage years and into then our adulthood. However, we try to silence these longings within us by different methods. And we mentioned some of these earlier. Because we've not allowed ourselves to connect with that need, we're trying to cover it up or avoid it or suppress it or repress it, whatever word you want to use. However, once we start to recognize these, we either continue the cycle of covering up and avoiding or we can take the bull by the horns and look at it and look at that inner child and get to know it. And here was the next question. How do I do that? How do I connect with that piece of me that I've been avoiding, that I've been covering up, that I've been repressing? Sometimes we can actually do it ourselves. However, more often than not, we give up because we don't understand the implications of who we are connecting with. And because we're so used to covering up or avoiding, we lose perspective and we throw the towel in. It always reminds me of like a diet. We start a diet and we go really, really well for about maybe two weeks and then it falls away. Only for us to give out to ourselves yet again. I couldn't stick with it, blah, 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 or I blame this or I blame that. Instead of trying to find out why 
So in my experience, it is better to have somebody to journey with us as we discover how to reconnect with that wounded inner child and then learn how to reparent it. Now there's a new word, reparent. And I'll come to that later on. So why should I connect with this wounded inner child? Why not just leave it alone? Okay, let me put it this way. If I am a grown adult with all the responsibilities of family, jobs, social connections, all of that, why is it that I get afraid or insecure when I have to stand up for myself or my belief system or my opinions? Is it possible that as a child I was made to feel that others were more important than myself? Or was it that I was criticized for having an opinion? Or was my opinion disrespected? So if I can identify where this insecurity or fear or anger began, I can then comfort, support, soothe, and just generally be nice to that part of me that I have so long hidden away in the shadows of myself. And I might even get to a point where I can say, it's okay, I got this. By connecting with this inner child, we gain more self-awareness. And by gaining this self-awareness, we can and we do begin to see that we are not triggered as much in that area. In other words, we begin to heal. When this begins, we start to see that we're no longer being influenced by self-doubt, insecurity, or fear, or anger, or hatred, or blame. It's because we're starting to be our real and genuine selves. So, leading on from that, how does connecting to the inner child work and what does it entail? Well, first I'm, I must say here that this journey to connect with the inner child can bring up many, many issues long since avoided. So it can be a very painful journey. We must face issues that have been hidden away and almost forgotten in the shadows of our insides in the deepest part of our brain. We've turned our back on these issues. We've forgotten the experiences. However, by doing this journey, there can be great freedom and joy and so much positivity because you're no longer having to hide. You're no longer having to hide that piece of you away that has been ignored, that has been rejected, that has been abandoned. There's no need to. And what we also discover is so many hidden talents that we've also forgotten about and that we've lost touch with. One of the first things that I personally, in my own, in my own um, sessions with people, one of the things on the very first day is commitment. 
not a commitment to succeed, but a commitment to try. And this journey, you must be committed to try. This journey is not like a light switch or a painkiller with instant results. It can be painful, scary. But I will tell you that once you begin to connect and when you start noticing that you're connecting, you will notice a difference within yourself. And at that moment, it becomes your choice. A choice either to continue or to stop. Continue to learn and pass the hurt, the pain, all of that. Or to stop and decide to keep hiding it and keep living out of it in the adult body. Okay, so let's get down to it. What does it entail? Well, the simple answer is, I don't know. You weren't expecting that, were you? Why do I not know? Because everyone is different. There is no one-size-fits-all answer. That's why working with a therapist is important. Because the journey will be your individual journey. And it can never be the same journey as somebody else's. Because the experiences are different. We're different as children. So my experiences are not yours. And your experiences are not mine. Now I'm not saying they weren't similar. For example, if you're bullied as a child and I'm bullied as a child, we know what bullying is about. But what you hold on to and what I hold on to may be two different things. Your perception is not my perception. How you saw bullying and how I saw bullying are different. That's why this journey is an individual journey. With that, what do we need when we start this journey? What are we trying to do? Well, for want of an easier word, we want to reparent that child. It's where an individual takes on the role of a concerned and trustworthy parent or significant adult. So I can learn what a trusting relationship is like. It can help me to repair any issue that may have arisen as a child. And it teaches us how to develop more secure and healthy relationships. Now, reparenting is grounded in the understanding that many psychological issues we are experiencing began or are rooted in our childhood. Certainly without certain needs being met. We as children did not feel secure and unconditionally loved and therefore we grew up to, to be a person who finds it difficult to behave as an adult in certain relationships or in a healthy way. Now there's three aspects to reparenting. Adult, who 
is who we are today. The inner child, which is the stage where we stopped growing emotionally. And the parent, the person who will give the right response to the child that they should have got when they were actual children. Now, I know I have made it clear here that although we as individuals can actually reparent ourselves, most of the time at the beginning, it needs somebody to journey with us. In this instant, a therapist. Until we learn what we can do to help ourselves. Because if we try it for ourselves, initially it may it may actually be successful. Why? Because we're trying it and we're excited about it and we're, you know. But then it becomes unsuccessful. Because we're coming from what we have already experienced. And that can be clouded in judgment. And that in itself will cloud our mind. So it is necessary to clear some of those judgments or perceptions with somebody else first until we learn how to do it ourselves. And once we learn how to do it, we can then give ourselves what we didn't receive as a child. From a therapy, a therapist's point of view, it means that the space created by the therapist for you is so that you can be vulnerable in a safe space. To learn about your hidden needs, to be supported and learn how to trust, especially yourself. Now, having said that, it doesn't mean that there is nothing you can do for yourself. Of course there is. And here are just three of them. Get at least eight hours sleep at night. Stop going to bed late and getting up early. Get a bedtime routine. Switch off all computers at night or your iPhone or whatever. Have a bath. Go from the bath to the bed. Start looking after your physical need for sleep, for rest. Begin a journal. No, not a diary. It's not about what I did today. Dear diary, I met with the boss. It's not about that. It's about, dear journal, I met with my boss and it really upset me. Because I'm afraid. So it's about your emotions. It's about using everyday things and and people that you meet. Find out what your triggers are. The only way you can do that is to write about it. Get it out of your head. Put it on paper. And try to stay in the present moment. But being very aware that you have a past. Now having said all that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Because before you can reparent your inner child, first you have to connect with that inner child. This reminds me of something that I was listening to recently. Um, and just as it got interesting, it ended. Um, because I'm conscious that we want to keep our podcast short so that people don't lose focus. Um, so I am going to stop here. 
And next week I'm going to go back into literally connecting with that inner child. Or at least learning the process of how to do that. So again, we'd like to thank you for um, joining us today. I hope you got something out of today. Um, I know it is a recap. I will not be recapping next week because otherwise I would be recapping every week. So next week, we hope to look at literally how we connect in, what possible steps can help to connect in with that inner child. And we'll also go on to look at reparenting and how that can happen once you start to learn how to do it yourself. Because remember, the answers are yours. A therapist cannot tell you what the answer is. Only you know what the answer is. Only you know your experiences and how it made you feel. And remember this, as children, depending on how young we were, not all commands or negativity or communication was verbal. Sometimes it was non-verbal. A look, a glance. Do you ever look at your mother and kind of just know what she's thinking? Hmm. Non-verbal communication. Remember it is 70% of our communication. So thank you everybody. Please feel free to email us um, again. Please, any suggestions, themes, ideas, um, or just general queries. And we'll do our best to answer you. Have a very good week. Stay safe. Look after yourselves. And be yourselves. Namaste. Somebody emailed me and asked me, why do I say namaste at the end of each podcast? The literal translation of namaste is I bow to the divine within you. Now, when we figuratively bow saying namaste what we're really doing is saying i'm cutting through those differences that separate us as a race gender sexuality or age or anything else it is our common essence as far as i'm concerned and it's a simple but very powerful greeting so i hope this explains it and have a very good week and we'll talk to you next week and it's a pity this isn't um, visual because I'm waving at you now. So, bye-bye. <laughs>